Welcome back to Young Smart Money, show number 12 with me, your host, Apple Kreider. This show where we take on young entrepreneurs, young people who are killing it financially. I talk to them, I get their best advice, we boil it out of them and we share it with you guys so that you can go out there, start something yourself, figure out if starting something yourself is the right path for you and just figure out how to better yourself just holistically, honestly. So today we've got a special guest. We have Danny Corpru who actually started a company called Good Neighbor RX. So we're gonna get into that. But in this show, what we're mostly focusing on is Danny's journey to start such a philanthropic company because this company is giving back in massive, massive ways, not just themselves, but also through a massive partnership with Feeding America. So they're doing some really cool stuff over here and I really wanted to share it with you guys because their mission is amazing and I wanted to get them as much awareness as possible because they they can really, I, I think a lot of you guys can actually benefit from the services they provide for completely free. So that is why I wanted to get them on here and share their mission, their journey, Journey, their company with all of you. So we're gonna be talking about starting a business. We're gonna be talking about developing an app. We're gonna be talking about how to get to scale with your company. We're covering so much stuff, but I don't wanna waste any more of your time. We're just gonna hop right over to the interview and welcome in Danny Corpru. All right, so today we've got a special guest on Young Smart Money. Today we've got Danny Corpru from Good Neighbor Prescription in to just share with us what he's up to um, and share some really cool both advice and just his journey of where he has been um, entrepreneurially, because I think it's a really cool one and I'm really excited to talk with him today. So Danny, could you just tell the audience a bit about yourself in case they haven't heard of you, they're not familiar with you, just sort of what stage of life you're in, where you're from, what's your background, um, just like stuff to give people some context on who you are. Yeah, yeah, man. First, um, super excited to be on the podcast. Uh, super glad to have you, man. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before, um, but this is such what you're doing as far as telling this part of the story is so, so important for, you know, for folks wanting to get out there and do some on their own. But, um, you know, my podcast or my podcast, my background in a nutshell is, you know, um, I'm a military kid, right? I lived the majority of my life overseas, so not even in the U.S. Um, hated school, mm. uh, but somehow still winded up with an MBA. <laughs> money was everything and sharp turn and realize people really are everything. Um, and that's our legacy, right? It's how many people we touch. And so um, as far as where we're at in the company or our start, uh, we picked a crazy time to start. Um, we launched Good Neighbor RX. I, I actually had a job. Um, I was an executive at a small oil and gas company, left that job to start an idea or pursue an idea and we had a little kid at home. And so it wasn't the ideal circumstance, right? To start a company, yeah. but haven't had any regrets. So, wow, that's super cool. Um, I think, yeah, legacy is key. And I, so many, so many young people get stuck in this trap of thinking that money is everything and they just need to lock down a high salary so that they can be working 80 hours a week and making six figures. But for what? Like, if you're not, if you're not making an impact, if you're not in, impacting people, if you're not making a difference, then what's the point? Like, I think, I think that's so key. And that's such a crucial thing to understand at a young age, because once you get that down, the rest just gets so much easier. So I think people should really tune in to that legacy aspect and realize that money is not the key to everything you think it is. Um, so when I first heard about Good Neighbor RX, I immediately reached out to you because it sounded like an amazing project. So could you just give us a quick rundown 
of what Good Neighbor RX actually is, what they do, who they serve, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so um, who we are and kind of what we are are, are, are different things. So okay. um, what, what we are is, you know, simply we're a prescription discount company that helps people save money on their prescriptions, right? We work with, uh, we focus our work on nonprofit partners around the U.S., um, to help, you know, impact the communities who need it most, right? Um, that's what we are. Who we are is, I mean, the s most simple way to put it is we're a company that helps people. And um, that's kind of our mantra. It's simple and keeps us focused. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, okay, perfect. So how does your prescription discount program actually work? You said you partner with communities that need it, but how do you actually offer these discounts on prescriptions? Yeah, so um, on the back end, we'll negotiate with pharmacies um, to negotiate pricing on drugs in the formulary or medications in the formulary, right? And so there are uh, millions of ways to structure a formulary, right? Because everybody has, each drug manufacturer has their own desired price, their own desired profits, all those kinds of things. So. You go through all of that essentially and then from there you take the time to set up pathways right whether it's your mobile app your website distribution channels whatever that is so that users can have access to those discounts hmm. all right cool cool i know prescriptions are hella expensive so it's really cool that you guys are doing this and i think it's a really it's a really necessary thing because so many people get stuck in this trap of not being able to afford their prescriptions without having to sacrifice so many other things out of their life. So I'm really, I'm really on board with what you guys are doing. I think it's super, just an amazing, amazing oh, dude, path you guys are on. If you look into it, man, like these drug manufacturers, some of them 48,000% markup. God. 48,000% markup, dude. It's it, the, the number of people making choices between buying food or filling a prescription, it's ridiculous. It's almost 30 million people make that choice every month. Oh, that's... Bananas. Yeah, completely bananas. Oh my. Um, so how does Good Neighbor RX actually bring in revenue? You guys are negotiating these deals. Um, are you guys a nonprofit? Do you bring in revenue? How does that work? Yeah, so, and I think, I hope we get into it a little bit more later, but we, we chose to be a for-profit. A for yeah, I think we'll touch on that on a future question. Um, but what we do is we charge pharmacies a type of transaction fee every time one of our uh, savers uses the program. Interesting. Okay, so every time somebody uses a discount, gets their prescription discounted, the pharmacy that's partnered gets charged a little fee um, just for putting you and that person together or like allowing the discount? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so how can our listeners who are interested in obviously saving money on their prescriptions because prescriptions are ridiculously marked up and overpriced, um, how can they begin to utilize your service of Good Neighbor RX in order to save on their prescriptions? Yeah, man. I mean, the easiest way, you know, Android or Apple, whichever one you use, um, just go to your app store, search Good Neighbor RX in the app store, download the app and uh, type in your prescription or your medication. And I mean, the price list comes up right away. So it's, I mean, it's super, super simple. And there's a misconception out there that if you have insurance, you're good. But mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of people who have insurance, but the prescription part of their insurance is poor, right? And they're paying $50 copays or $40 copays. And if you're still paying that much, chances are 
we might be able to get your prescriptions cheaper. So check it out. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah I did. I downloaded your app and just ran through it a little bit, did some tests, and it, it, it's very intuitive to use. It's very easy to use, and that's that's interesting. I never really thought about the fact that that could actually be more cost effective than having insurance because again, these insurance companies are hitting you with some crazy copays. Um, so something that really hit me when I first went to your website is that it says your 2018 goals are to help 300,000 people save on their prescriptions. First off, that's a crazy number and donate a million meals to feeding America. So this kind of philanthropic efforts, um, really just blows me away that you guys are doing all of this amazing stuff while you're saving people discounts on their prescriptions. You're also feeding America. Um, so how did you decide that you wanted to work with Feeding America and how does that partnership work? Oh yeah, man. And um, so this is actually, this is super, super exciting for us. This is like, um, this is, I don't know, like this is the mission that drives us, right? So mm. bear with me, the answer might be a little bit longer. That's um, right, I'm all right with that. <laughs> um, but so, there, and there's a little backstory to this, right? We, we, I touched on it a little bit when we talked about um, money, you talked about making money, that being the only goal. Um, but I worked in an industry, oil and gas, where money was literally more important than everything, more important mm. than people, like your employees, more important than your partners that you work with. Like it was the most important thing. And that got old so, so quick, right? And so um, when I was in that position, you know, I, you know, I just like, hey, like I don't, I can't provide value for an organization who in turn doesn't use that, those resources to value other people, right? Mm. So um, yeah, so we wanted to, I wanted to build a for-profit company, not a non-profit company, because I think for-profit companies can and should do this, but I wanted to start a for-profit company that focused on building a sustainable impact model first, and then on the back end figured out how to get revenues as a mean to grow and sustain an impact. Right. So when we launched Good Neighbor RX, and I promise I'll get to the Feeding America thing here. No worries. When, when we launched Good Neighbor RX, with that kind of mindset, instead of on the onset trying to raise money or trying to figure out some crazy marketing campaign or something like that, mm -hmm. um, we focused on trying to get partners who shared a similar mission, right, in impacting the community, right? And so we had two criteria when, when we were looking for these partners, right? Are they helping the community, one? And two, will they allow us to give back to them, right? So we can kind of double up our impact. So, so yeah, we we started calling, and my and my partner Kale, um, dude is he's he's crazy. He had this crazy idea. He was like, "Hey, Danny, let's let's call the nation's largest charities." And I was like, "Dude, why would charities right who are making billions of dollars of impact and yeah. have billion dollar revenue lines?" Why would they even talk to a startup who didn't, we didn't have a website stood up yet right? for, our, for, for, for us. That's how early we were. And the crazy part is it was two or three days later, he calls me and he says, Hey dude, we have a meeting next week with the third largest charity in the nation. God. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and it wasn't one of those things where we talked to them and the next week they're like, Hey, let's do something. No, we had to earn our way in, so to speak. Yeah. Um, through about a year and a half of work, working with food banks, working with other nonprofit partners around the U.S., demonstrating sustainability, a whole list of things that we did. 
Um, yeah, and now now we're we're looking to work with the national organization at Feeding America. Wow, that's I mean, you guys put in some serious effort to make that partnership. I can see, and I guess it seems like it's paid off because oh, that's hundred percent. That's so powerful. Um, a couple of things you hit on that I think were really really good and really really strong that I want to pounds back to you for a second. Um, the first thing is how you developed your business. So first you focus on how you could impact your community and then you looked at how to find a profit. So I think that's a really key thing that essentially no for-profit companies are doing. Like it, it, it's, it's really powerful to hear that coming from you that you first looked at how you can make an impact and then on the back end, you're like, okay, how are we gonna be able to monetize this? Because I think that's just a powerful philosophy to live with in general, whether that be starting a business, starting to create a blog, I think providing value just really has to be your driving factor and monetizing should be on the back end because you really, if you're not providing value to people and if you're not coming with value first, then there's never going to be an opportunity for you to, for you to build a base, for you to monetize in the future because there's no value there. Nobody's going to stick around long enough to stick around and hear you ask them to potentially make a purchase or potentially work with you. So I think that's really, really powerful. Um, additionally, the fact that you just reached out to like the biggest um, charitable organizations in the world is crazy as well. And I think that's also a great learning lesson because you really do, you got to take these big chances. You got to reach out to players who you think might be way too big for you. In fact, I just reached out to somebody on YouTube um, yesterday who has hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Um, and I reached out to him and I'm like, I'm going to provide value for you. Here's what I'm going to do. ABC. I'm going to do all of this for you. I don't want anything in return. And now the next day I'm already working with this guy. He's offered to pay me. Um, and I think it just, you really do have to reach out to these big guys who you think might be way out of your league and just have no interest in even talking to you because you never know what's going to happen. And these partnerships can be so, so strong. I'm already super confident that this partnership that I worked out with this guy um, who has a huge following is going to be great. And you really have to take these big chances and just reach out because the worst thing that could happen is either they don't respond or they say no. And like, you just move on. Like there's, there's plenty of fish in the sea and there's plenty of opportunities, but you have to be willing to jump on them because if you sit around just saying what if all day, you're never going to get anything done. You're never going to get anywhere. So taking those chances, it's, it's essential. Um, and I'm really glad you touched on that. I'm really, it's, I'm stoked that you guys did that because that's just an amazing thing to do to reach out to all those, all those big players. Um, so looking beyond, looking to the future and past 2018, what are your like long-term and like overarching goals for Good Neighbor RX besides the um, feeding a million people this year or yeah, and um, saving 300,000 people on their prescriptions? Um, are there any big milestones that are coming up or any like thing that when you get there, you will have like quote unquote made it? Yeah, yeah. So in so in the immediate future, we're, we're actually in the middle of another raise right now. So um we have been you know we have been i guess blessed you could say with with this opportunity to, to figure out how to scale even even more wow. um so um and i can't get too specific with the milestones um sure. right now but um you know i, I will say long term the beauty of having a, a people focused company right there really isn't a milestone that you can mention where you're like mm. oh great you know we're done, right? Because yep. when when we get to three hundred thousand people, there there's there's going to be more people to help, right? So um, something that I can kind of hint towards is, you know, as we're reaching this goal for feeding America, 
um, you know, one of the one of the things that will come with it will be our abilities company to grow, right? Um, grow financially, but we're looking at other anchor partners that we can also give back to, like people that don't even have to help us grow the program, just organizations that need it, right? Like I have a military back, not me, but my family has a military background. We're a military family, and the Wounded Warriors, for example, is a great organization. I would love to funnel back to just because we have so many of our you know military women and men who come back and they just don't have the support that they need mm. and um you know which is we touch on this a little bit this is why we wanted to do a for-profit company and not a non-for-profit company because when you're not for profit it's not a bad thing but many times you're you're dependent on money that people give you yeah. So if you want to make an impact, you have to ask for it typically, right? So um, we wanted to be more proactive in our giving. But yeah, so um, that's kind of what's happening with us now and, and you know, some of the things maybe down the pipeline. Cool. And I think once, once in my opinion, once you hit that benchmark with um, Feeding America, you're just going to have so much more um, negotiating power to come into these other organizations and be like, hey, look at what we just did. Look at these big players that we're working with, these big moves that we're making. Um, you're going to have so much more like negotiating power. You're going to people are going to be a lot more willing to work with you once they see that you're that much more legit. That you're working with Feeding America. You're providing over a million meals. Like that's that's powerful stuff right there. Oh yeah, and and you actually touch on something important, right? Like building your brand. As we've gotten bigger, there are a lot of brands who now want to kind of associate. Mm. But you know. Um, when you're responsible for maintaining co-branded ideas, you know, those are things you have to constantly put away or push away and kind of really be focused and avoid the temptation of the, of the quick money grab. Right. And yeah. Stay true to mission. So. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Cause I mean, there are, I mean, the bigger you get, the more quick money grab opportunities there are, but the quicker you take those, the quicker people just think that you're selling out. So exactly. it's, it's very important to stay true to what you believe in. And if something aligns with that and someone tries to work with you that they have a mission that aligns with yours, that's great. But otherwise, it's really just important to stay the course and make sure that you're only doing stuff that really stays true to your brand. Because once you stray from that brand, you're losing a ton of credibility very, very quickly. For sure. Um, so now we know where you are now and sort of where you're headed. But let's rewind the clock a little bit back to where this all started. So did you know that you wanted to start something at a young age? Yeah, so um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it was it was in sixth grade. I kind of remember it clearly. Actually, um, I, I realized that I that I just wasn't walking the same like path as everybody else. Like mm. I remember there was a uh, they had walkathons. I don't know if they still do them now. I don't know yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you know I was going out and like we were doing a walkathon for something. I don't remember. And I remember just thinking to myself, I was like, man, this is just so, this is dumb, right? Not what we were doing it for, but just this, like, there was, in my mind, there was so many better ways to go about doing this and mm. care about getting the most laps or getting the most people signed. I was like, if folks need help, let's just, let's just go help them. Like, why, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was to build all this infrastructure over something that was so simple. And, mm. and, and I, I want to pause for a moment because if you have any teachers or anybody in education listening um, in, your, in your audience, I mean, this is a challenge to them, right? Like growing up in the system that I grew up in education, it, 
there is no value for entrepreneurial thinking, right? It's, it's grades, it's test scores, it's placements and all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, it's, it's just a very dangerous place for, you know, for, for people with an entrepreneurial outlook to be in because then it becomes easier to bury kind of your passion. So I, I think the main idea here is whatever your passion is, man, protect the hell out of it. I completely agree with that. I feel like so much of education is just preparing you to be like a middle manager in some like giant corporation that it's really hard if you have you have aspirations of doing something besides that, it's hard for you to remember those and to remember to give those time when your your focus is just on preparing for this next test or making sure that your next paper gets a decent grade. Um, so I think that's I think that's very important. And if if more aspects from different I mean, learning styles, but also just like styles of life in general could be incorporated into the classroom. I think that could be very, very valuable um, because I mean, everybody learns differently. Obviously, nobody, nobody has the same, nobody has the same goals. Nobody has the same path that they want to follow. So it's really important to have that learning that can be able to tailor to many different styles of how people want to learn and how people want to live their lives. Definitely. Um, have you started any other projects besides Good Neighbor RX or any other entrepreneurial um, endeavors? Yes, um, this this one made me laugh because it, it brought back some memories, man. But in college, me and a friend of mine, Ryan Hutton, we um, uh, we started a company called College Tabs, hmm. um, and we essentially allowed people to resell items. Um, this was before Amazon was really a huge thing; like they were just kind of books at the time. Sure. Um, but we did it to college students in their college, and um, that didn't pan out. We had a good concept, the execution was so poor. Um, mm. And then after that, I had a lead gen company not not too long ago, um, a lead generation company for a while. It was mildly successful, um, but you know, it definitely wasn't it wasn't the one by any means. So those are probably my two, two you know actual projects that you know I I consider like tallies, mm. you know, or X's really now on on my attempts. Yeah. Cool. What do you think made the difference between um, your lack of success, I would, I would say, I guess on those two and your success with good neighbor RX. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my failures for those two, I mean, I would say a lot of it is experience. Um, there was just so many things like, like for example, um, uh, the college tabs one, you know, we fell into the trap of kind of the, the social media, um, the social media indicators, right? Like mm -hmm. the more likes we get, the more shares we get, that's going to be yeah. for success. And so we built this like investment model, right? Or for our money to invest a certain amount of money on social media ads to expect an X type of return. And mm. we just outspent the idea. We outspent people using the platform and all of our users were all organic, right? They heard from so-and-so that they could do this and we just, totally ignore that right instead of mobilizing our audience right we try to we made a logo and we try to advertise a logo that nobody cared about so um yeah experience was probably the the biggest thing for us that's fair but i mean is it fair to say that those were like great learning opportunities for you and you oh. definitely it can imply a lot of stuff that you learned from those failures into this one absolutely absolutely yeah i'm um yeah ridiculous amount of principles that we learned during <laughs> those processes for sure <laughs> That's what it's all about. And I mean, that's why you got to take those chances early on. Even if you, even if you don't think it's going to be the one, like just, just try it out. Um, stick with it for like a little bit, six months, a year, maybe, uh, see what happens because 
you learn a lot from your failures, you learn a lot from your successes, but I think it's, it's important to just take those chances because you can read books all you want. You can listen to podcasts all you want, but like taking action, that's, that's what's up. And that's, that's, what's going to get you like the real learning experience, the real hands-on learning that is like critical for most people to actually like internalize something. For sure. Um, so when did you, when did you have this idea for Good Neighbor RX? Was there, was there a certain like moment that it really hits you that, wow, this is necessary. Wow. I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Or did you have a business partner that sort of you and them came together and that's how that came up or how, how did you get this idea? Yeah, it was, um, it was actually near the end of 2016. I was still at my uh, job at oil and gas company, right? Knew I wanted to leave mm-hmm. the industry. So I had met up with some colleagues um, that I've worked with before um, at a public health organization in Houston. And, um, you know, I met with them, uh, one of them, Benjamin, he's actually one of our advisors now, um, tremendous to work with him. Um, but, you know, we talked about the pain points in their community. And one of the things that kept being brought up by everybody at the table was the need for affordable prescriptions. Mm. And I was like, you know what, I did some research or I did some reading. I was like, we can do this. And so that's kind of how the idea was born for Good Neighbor Rx. Cool. 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 Um, Okay, perfect. Um, so clearly this business wasn't built overnight. I mean, you guys are doing huge, huge things. Um, so where where did you start? Um, did you start with some did you start like with a blog? Did you start with your website, your app? Where was like the first platform that you sort of built up uh in order to get people aware of you? Yeah, so I mean I I you know for for us and, and I know we mentioned this earlier, but we actually started reaching out to our partners before we even had a website, right? Oh. So um that 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 definitely wasn't the best plan. Um, but um, you know, that's essentially where we started, where we started reaching out to customers first. Um, but then from there we were like, you know what, let's go ahead and get at least an entryway so people can mm-hmm. access our product, right? So we built a product first. Then what worked is we stood up a pathway for people to access us. So when we reached out to them, they kind of had a, a um, you know, a clear lighted path of where to go to find out more information. Cool. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's important to have like something behind behind you when you're when you're reaching out to these people, even though it is good to reach out early. Um, if you got if you got something behind you that they can like follow up and like get a little bit more on what you're about, I think that's a great a great idea for people. Um, so you said that you you. Um, got this idea from a meeting with some public health people uh, over in Houston. Um, at the point of you starting out, did you have a team behind you? Was it just you or how did that look at the start? Um, no, at the beginning it was just me and Kale. Um, he's my partner and yeah, it was, just, it was just us two and a lot of lonely nights, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's real. And I mean, that's, that's part of entrepreneurship that people don't talk about that much. Um, and it's, I think it's really important to, to touch on this because I just saw the statistic the other day that um, I think it was 72% of high school students say they want to start a business. But um, can you talk a little bit on just some of the um, hardships that you had to face when, when you were, when you're starting out? Because I mean, a lot of people have this, these aspirations, these like ideas in their head of, Oh, I'm going to start the next Facebook or the next Twitter. But in reality, there's a lot more that goes into starting a business. There's a lot of hardships that you have to get over to sort of make this a reality. So can you talk, touch on that for just a little bit? Yeah, so and not, not to, we definitely don't wanna dim anybody's fire, man. But, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, man, the, it, the shit gets dark. I mean, you, yep. you will find yourself in dark places, right? Cause 
you'll find out quick that, you know, all, you know, friends don't really support you or believe in you like, like you think they do. Uh, mm. Family starts to question your moves, um, right? Uh, everybody like does the career thing and they're making all this money or doing whatever. And you're like trying to build something, which usually means no money, at least for a while. Yep. Um, and, you know, like you'll, like you'll find yourself, I mean, there's, there's been times when, you know, I've been on a run or just out for a walk and it's like, why, like, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like, what's the point? You have a kid, you have retirement that you need to worry about. There's so many things. Like, why do you constantly put yourself, you know, through, through this? Like, it, it could be so much easier. So, so yeah, man, like there's, I mean, my, like my schedule at one point was I was probably going to bed around two. And waking up every morning around four thirty and five, like God. sleep was a nap for the wow. longest time. And um, I mean, it's weird though, and you might be able to relate to this. It's painful, but there's just something that also you just you have to love it. Like there's oh, something yeah. in there. Like if it's you'll you'll find out quick if if you're not cut out for it for sure. Exactly, and I mean, like like you said. Um, at the, at the beginning, you're going to see all your friends going into careers and stuff. And if you don't have the passion behind what you're doing, it's going to be really hard for you to stick through those times when you're not making any money, when everybody else is out um, building their career. So it is really important to have that passion um, driving what you do. And it can really, if you don't have that, it's going to be next to impossible to stick with this thing when when there's no money or when there's very little money. So that's that's really key. And like like you said, it can be it can be easy to get stuck inside your own head of like why am I doing this? Why am I not just following the path that everybody else is following? But again, if you have that passion driving you, if you've got if you if you really care about what you're doing, um, you're going to be able to stick with it because you know that you're making an impact and you know that this is bigger than just you. And it's, it's it comes back to that legacy again. Like it's more than just money. It's about the people you impact and the people that you can you can touch throughout your life. So I think that's really key. Um. So how much like well like you like you said you, you your sleeping was like a nap but how much time were you devoting to making this a reality and did you have any like side hustles going on at the same time to bring in some income to support you and your family or was it just all the time always good neighbor RX Yeah so I so when I left my job I, I picked up some contracts doing you know some of the stuff that I'm good at because it's some contracts like um, analytics things like that mm -hmm. um, and so it, it was tough to manage, but it, you know, it gave me the flexibility I needed. And I, I never really like did the math on how much time I was spending, but a typical day, right. If I give you kind of the details, sure. I woke up uh, like 4:15, 4:30. I worked good neighbor until typically lunchtime, right. Whenever that was, I worked mm -hmm. my contracts until about six, hung out with my family from, you know, until eight, whenever that was. So about two hours with my family. And then from eight to one, one thirty, I'd work on Good Neighbor. Wow! So that's yeah. that's the grind right there. <laughs> that was that was every day for I don't even know how many months. It was crazy. Wow. Um. So at what point did you decide that it was time to scale up beyond just you and Kale, um, and bring more people on board? Yeah. So I mean, at the at the beginning for, and I'm sorry for the lights. They're on like automatic timer, and so no worries. Um, but you know, uh, at, at the beginning, it's pretty easy, right? Because, um, 
the the items that you have to focus on or the drivers of your company that you have to focus on are are, are pretty simple right for us it was outreach channels and the tools to supply those channels right so when when that supply demand balance got out of control right when we so for us is when we had too many partners and the inability to to supply them as quickly as we needed that was an indicator that we needed to expand right so that first expansion is is pretty easy right and then as you grow that math starts to starts to become more complicated right you have more indicators because you have more people working on different things mm-hmm. you have more things to balance supply demand uh cost benefit input output all that kind of stuff so um you know for us we we map that stuff out from the beginning we update it regularly right and mapping out is so important right mapping out those milestones relative to your company's mission mm-hmm. is really really important because it's what's going to help you stay focused right as, as you're trying to grow awesome yeah yeah it's really important to to keep you got to know what your key metrics are and you got to keep tabs on those and like you said before it's important to not get caught up in sort of the vanity metrics of social media how many followers do you have how many likes are you getting like there's there's the important metrics and there's the ones that are not deserving of so much of your time and you really do got to keep tabs on the ones that matter because those are the ones that are going to make or break your business um and if those aren't healthy then your business could die real quick oh for sure and please say that again about the vanity metrics man that is so important yes i say that two more times (laughs) oh my gosh the amount of importance that people give the amount of followers they have the amount of subscribers they have the amount of just these things that really have no place in your mind in the grand scheme of things you really just got to disconnect those from any importance whatsoever because those just do not matter it's it's about the people you impact it's about the mission that you're on and it's not about how many um followers you can buy off of an instagram follower website or whatever because that it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things guys it really really doesn't it might boost your ego for a couple of minutes but after that it's it's really irrelevant <laughs> um the founder of LinkedIn, and he, and he mentioned that he essentially says it's better to have a hundred people who love your product, yes, than a million people who just like your product. That is so, so true. You got it. You got to have that core base of people who are going to support you to the end of time, um, because that's that's your that's where you're going to build from. Those are the people who are going to evangelize for you. Those are the people who are going to really build your brand. And if you just have people who know about you, they don't really care about you. They're just following you because you gave them like a dollar off their subway sandwich. I don't know. Um, that's, that's not going to get you where you want to be. Um, so it seems like in my opinion, just the way I see the world, everybody under the age of 30 is talking about creating their own app. They want to be the next Uber of pizza. I don't know. Um, so how was the experience for you of creating an app? Were you heavily involved with this? Do you have significant programming experience. How, how was that for you? Yeah, no, no program programming experience. And, and we live in an interesting time, right? Because right now today it is both easier than ever to mm-hmm. get into the game. Right. And it's also harder than ever really to get into the game. Right. And I'll kind of explain both. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Easy in the sense that, you know, while I, for me, I don't have any program experience, but what I did have experience in is, you know, scaling organizations, right, in in every area of the value chain, chain uh, specifically in digital and service-based businesses. Um, 
So it worked out for me, right? Um, that I knew that, right? And so what I did was I knew where I was weak, that was development. So I just found a partner. I searched for a partner who could fulfill that need for me out there. And the good news is what makes it easy is there's so much talent out there. There are so many people out there that can produce apps that actually do produce apps that put them on the store and nothing happens because yep. they can build stuff, but they don't know how to build a business. They don't know how to sell stuff, right? So, um, so whether you're in my situation or the reverse, um, there's a chance that there's a match out there for you. The reason why it's harder, because like you mentioned, dude, everybody wants to get into it. So there's a lot of waste that you have to kind of work your way through in order to find a good partner to work with. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure, like you said, there might be a match. I'm sure there's a match for everybody because you really, these strategic partnerships that you're talking about are so, so key. They come up a lot in the interviews that I do with people who are starting businesses actually, just how from the get-go they had these strategic partnerships and it's so key. The one that I come, the one that I come across the most frequently is the entrepreneur and the technician. So in your example, you are the entrepreneur. You're the one that's growing businesses, but you need the technician to put the app together. Once they put the app together, you can take it to the market and tell people about it, get people excited about it, get people to use it. So that partnership in particular, the one with the entrepreneur and the technician, that is a really, really powerful partnership in my opinion, and one that I come across in small businesses and startups so, so frequently. So I think that's really, really key that you guys, that you utilize that. Um, I think it's really, it's just a powerful partnership to have. Um, so we got one more question and then I'm gonna hop into some of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests. So the last one particular for you is just, what would you say, what would your advice be to an 18 year old listener who thinks that they want to create their own app? Yeah, man. So I, I, I thought about this for a while, right? Because there's so many different things that you could tell people. But if I were to narrow it down to three things, it would be okay. like start learning, right? Like know what you're like. Don't don't BS yourself into yes. thinking you're good at something. Know what you're good at and then double down on it. Be willing to know what you're bad at and start finding people, right, who can help fill those gaps for you. Um, that's number one. Second thing is like patience, like patience is, is it's everything, right? Like you mentioned this earlier, right? Everybody wants to post a pic of the Maserati or the private jet. Um, yeah. but, but chances are like, you're going to have to grind it out for 12, 24, 36 months, who knows, right? Before you get there. Um, right. Right. You, you, patience in failing, right. Feelings part of it. I think um, I, I read a stat on Gartner just the other day that says 0.01% of consumer mobile apps will be considered a financial success by their creators throughout. Wow. Wow. 0.01%. That is ridiculous so, competition right there. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. So, you know, you, you got to be patient. And the last thing I would say is just to start doing stuff, man. Like train yourself to chase, to start dealing with doubt right to grind to kind of like all those things right like those are the skills you need to help give you the confidence so when that step or the opportunity to take that step comes up like you're ready to take it right so like don't worry about being the smartest guy because you mm -hmm. never will be there the fastest right or the best funded company just worry about being prepared um to take the step which is why i was just so blown away by when you contacted me and i i looked you up man like 
everything you're doing is just and at your age it's amazing and appreciate um, that it's 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 so inspirational right like when because i work with so many people who are younger i already told three different people today um in their you know early 20s finishing school and they don't know what to do i was like dude you gotta check this guy out <laughs> he's he's doing stuff and he's doing it every day like you're not posting a video you're posting videos like you're out there getting it all the time and so um like that's the kind of thing that you know like you say don't worry about the followers because when the opportunity comes up guess who's going to be more prepared than everybody else yep people who are doing stuff exactly yeah so, so yeah man I think that's also what you said about self-awareness and just knowing, knowing yourself, knowing what you're good at and doubling down on that. That's so key. So many people, so many young people, especially just have no idea what, what they're good at, what they like to do. And I think just taking some time, like just maybe, maybe on a weekly basis, just take like 15 minutes, maybe just re like reflect on what you did that week, what made you like the happiest and double down on that. Do more of what makes you happy. Do more of what makes you fulfilled and just learn about yourself. Cause it's just, life life moves so quickly that it's very easy to forget to just like think about what what you like to do and just take time to reflect because it's something that i just started doing recently um in the last year it's just really thinking about what i what makes me feel fulfilled what i actually enjoy doing and doubling down on that and that has been such a rewarding experience and i can't emphasize enough how much it, it really does just help to know yourself to know what you like to do and to just keep doing that because if you do that the rest is going to fall into place like 99 times out of 100 if you just do what you like to do the money's going to follow you're going to find a way to make it work uh so i think that's really really key and just getting that self-awareness down early on is is essential um and then patience again yeah that's just it's so key like nothing's going to happen overnight nothing nothing's yeah nothing's gonna happen overnight so you really just you gotta you gotta put in the work and you gotta put in the consistency because if you don't then nothing, nothing again, nothing's going to happen because you, you got to have that consistency. You got to be consistently putting out content, consistently providing people with value if you want anything to come in return. So that's essential. Um, so now let's just hop into the questions that I like to ask all of my guests at the end of the show, because honestly, they're pretty selfish. I just want to know these answers for yeah. myself because I'm just taking, I, I want to know what people are doing and what's effective for them so that I can start applying that to my own life. So hopefully you guys are getting value from this section too. But um, to be honest, it's just pretty selfish for me. So first question is, how do you personally stay motivated? What are some strategies that you apply to keep yourself motivated? Because you're doing a lot. So um, yeah. how do you keep yourself home? Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know that I have the, the best answer for this. Like self-motivation is something that's kind of just, it's kind of baked into, into my DNA. And it's mm. something that's been um, encouraged by, you know, by my family, right? My, my parents specifically, um, right? Like I thrive on adversity, um, you know, things like that. But I mean, there, there are, there is something that I learned during the process of, of, of this startup, right? And that's finding positive motivation, not negative motivation, right? Like negative motivation will not sustain your drive. And by negative motivation, I mean things like, you know, I'm going to make this a successful because I'm going to prove so-and-so wrong. Mm. You know I mean? Or like, I'm going to make all this money so I can finally get this car that I wanted, right? Like, 
those are what I call negative motivations. Um, not necessarily the carving isn't a negative thing to want, but it's a negative motivation in the sense that when times get dark mm-hmm. and you have nothing to show for all of the work that you put in for the thousands of hours you put in, you have nothing financially to show for it. That kind of motivation just makes the dark times even darker. Yeah. Right? And so, cause like when, cause like when you're in that mode, when you're in survival mode, what happens is you don't even realize it, but subconsciously you're reaching for three things to push you through. And mm. if what your brain reaches for, what your heart reaches for is more negativity, that's, I think, what helps people to quit, right? So, so, you, so yeah, man, like find motivations that are positive, something that will help lift you out of darkness and not hold you in. Um, yeah, that, that would probably be my, my biggest kind of uh, give for uh for staying motivated i'm super on board with that and i think people easily get stuck in that trap again if if all if all your your people you went to school with are all going out and get their careers you want to prove everybody wrong you want to prove everybody wrong quickly that's just such the wrong way to go about it because you're building something you're building something from the ground up that needs to last a long time so you really got to look at the long picture and just like Think, think about think about what you're building and just remember that it's not going to happen overnight, but what you are building is going to be something amazing. So you, you just got to stick with it. You just got to power through and remember what you believe and remember why you started out because that's that's what's going to drive you through and not trying to prove somebody wrong or prove somebody that you're better than them or that you made it um, in six months. Like that's, that's not going to get you to where you want to be. Definitely. All right, next. Do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, whether that be in business or just in life in general? Um, I would say like habits and characteristics, the habits that probably helped me most in business is I'm extremely analytical. Mm. And um, uh, so that's just, that's just something that I do with everything. Um, I analyze and figure out application, right? So um, there's kind of a scientific way to do that. If you kind of grow up in that, then you'll understand. Um, but that, th- those are habits that have helped me um, build a scalable business and understand how to model something. Um, as far as characteristics go, um, my self-belief, um, uh, discipline, I'm extremely disciplined and I'm annoyingly persistent. Um, <laughs> those, those are the things that are characteristics wise that, that have probably helped me a lot as well. I can relate to that persistence, man. Like people will <laughs> tell you that you're like doing something for no reason, but I just keep doing it and keep doing it. And I, I don't know, you gotta look at the long game and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be patient. You gotta power through because just remember, just remember why you started out. Um, and that's, that's a great driving force. Like if you're doing something you believe in that, that's going to keep you going. Um, at least it's, it's working for me. So I'm yeah, speaking right. from experience there. Um, have there been any books that have had a huge impact on you? Again, these can be business related. They can be health and wellness, lifestyle, really any kind of books that have just had a significant impact on you. Yeah, I mean, I would say the the book, it's probably, it's one of my more recent reads, but it's Strategy by Lawrence Friedman. I'm, I'm obsessed with this book. It's, it's a long read and it's a tough read. Um, but it's a tremendous book about strategy. I mean, in that book, and it's going to get nerdy here for a little bit. So, <laughs> but um, he he goes through um, he goes through the history of strategy, right? I mean, all the way from like the beginning of time um, to now. And what he does is he like demonstrates how strategy, the science of strategy, has evolved 
And what you can take from that when you're building your business is, I mean, it's, there is an innumerable amount that you can learn when you're talking about strategy, right? Because I mean, it's, and you know this, like you're, you're competing every day mm-hmm. and the person with the best strategy is probably going to win. So yeah, man, if, if you guys have a chance to check out the book, again, it's a long read, maybe <laughs> book club or something, get a couple of friends to read different parts of it. Tremendous book. Cool, cool. And I'll be sure to put that up in the show notes as well. Um, I think it's coming back to just strategy in general. It's so important to have a strategy, whether that be with your social media, with with any aspect of your life. You got to have goals that you're pushing towards because if you're just if you're just throwing stuff at the wall and like blindly running into stuff, like if you don't have a strategy, um, it's going to be a lot harder for you to succeed or even know if you're succeeding because you don't really have that goal that you're pushing towards or that idea of where you actually want to get to. So I'm definitely going to check out that book because I've, I've, I've been realizing the importance of strategy a lot more lately. So I think that could be a really valuable read. Um, all right. So before we go, where can people find out more about Good Neighbor Rx and find out more about you? Yeah. So uh, goodneighborrx.com. Um, it would be a great place to start. Uh, our Instagram, we love our Instagram, um, Twitter and Facebook at Good Neighbor Rx for all of those. Um, I mean, guys, please check us out. Uh, tell us how much you love us, right? Or tell <laughs> us how we can improve, right? Because like, this is every day we're earning and maintaining trust and we're not perfect. Our service isn't perfect, but we, you know, at the end of the day, we're doing right by people and doing our best to serve and hearing and listening to folks. Uh, we, we pride ourselves on that, right? Um, chances are I'll probably be the one responding directly just because it's something that I love to do. Mm. So yeah, man, uh, reach out to us, DM us on any of those platforms. Um, you can, you know, you can check my personal Instagram out too, as well, you know, Danny Corpru and, and yeah, uh, cool. That's how you can find us. I think that's uh, that's actually how I reached out to you guys um, was through DMs. Um, yeah. And I think that's really it's really telling when um, when 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 the owner when when somebody high up in the company is actually the one um, responding to DMs, responding, commenting on social media. Like that's really telling to me. Just when when that's not outsourced, because that is just a, it's such a key element of building a community around your brand that outsourcing that really it does limit how personal your voice can sound how like down to earth your brand actually is so i think that's it's it's a really it's a really good indicator at least in my opinion so far of how how a business is actually run um who is the one either responding to emails responding to dms like that's that's very telling for me so i think that's really cool that you're doing that um and props to you for that 100 oh yeah, yeah 100 no thanks man i appreciate that um Oh, I forgot to tell you at the beginning, but I'm going to end it, but I'm not going to hang up. So don't hang up yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thank you very much, Danny, for being on the show. I know I got a ton of value from this episode. I'm definitely going to go back and re-listen to it while I edit it because I just loved it so much. Um, but thanks again for being on the show. I hope to work with you again soon um, and just have a wonderful day. Definitely. Peace out, guys. Danny, thank you so much for your time. I got a ton out of this interview. Um, I learned a bunch about what you guys are doing, about just the industry in general. Um, and I, I, got a, I got a good bit of um, stuff to think about as far as starting my own ventures in the future. So thank you very much for all of your insight. I really, really do appreciate it. And I'm glad that we were able to get some more exposure to Good Neighbor RX, which is on a fantastic, fantastic mission.
I know personally I'm gonna have to go back through right now and listen and take notes because as we were talking there were a lot of points that I was like wow that's really powerful but I didn't have a chance to write it down so I'm gonna I'm gonna speed back through that and uh, get back to you guys later And for our money pun of the day, a boy swallowed a whole bunch of coins and his mom had to bring him to the hospital. She called the hospital back and said, how is he doing? They said, no change yet. Next week, we're bringing on another amazing guest that I really, really do look up to, so stay tuned for that. I'm super stoked for the next episode, but if you guys can't wait until then for your next dose of financial literacy content, I've got a ton of free resources for you, the first of which is my YouTube channel where I have over 150 daily personal finance, entrepreneurship, and credit card uploads all focused at high school and college students. So if that sounds like you, consider checking that out at youtube.com slash applecrater. Additionally, I have a free online course that will teach you how to invest your first $100 from your smartphone completely free. It's a video lecture course. It only takes about 45 minutes to complete. So be sure to check that out over at applecrater.com slash course. And lastly, just my website where you will find these show notes for this episode at applecreator.com slash 011, that's 011, because, and my website applecreator.com where you will find the show notes for this episode at applecreator.com slash 012, that is zero. That is 012012 because this is episode 12 of Young Smart Money. Additionally, youngsmartmoney.com will also take you to the show notes.
All right, guys, now before I go, I do wanna challenge you to do something a little bit philanthropic. And what I mean by that is just, just do something nice for somebody. I mean, you know, like random acts of kindness. I wanna challenge you to do one of those. So whether it's uh, holding the door open for somebody, it can be that simple. It can be picking up the dude's lunch behind you in line um, at Subway. Just something something good for the world in general. It doesn't have to be something that's gonna benefit you personally, uh, but just, just do something for the good of humanity because I think we could use a little more good in the world right now and I mean Danny is definitely doing his part there so I would love to hear from you guys what you decide to do I'll be sure to post what I do on my Instagram over at Apple Credit Official, but shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, apple at applecredit.com on what you decide to do with your day today and how you decide to make the world a better place. Anyways, guys, my name is Apple Crater, and this has been Young Smart Money, show number 12. I really do hope you enjoyed, and if you did, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and write us a review because I do love those reviews. I love hearing from y'all, and I love hearing whatever you guys have to say about the show, however you think I can make this better because I really do want to make this the most effective show as possible and get you guys the best information as possible because that is what I aspire to do. So be sure to let me know how I can improve this show at all. Well, have a wonderful day and I'll see you next Tuesday.